Now he's saying, Smyrna, listen, I went through it. You're going to have to go through it. But guess what? I got up with all power in my hand. They tried to keep me down, but they couldn't keep me down because I'm the author of life. I control death. I have the keys of death, hell, and grave in my hands. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as today we begin a new series, Committed to Christ in the Crisis. You know, there are few modern-day examples of those who really were committed to Christ in the midst of crisis than Corey Ten Boom. If you're not familiar with Corey's story, I hope that you'll stay tuned. It's, it's a powerful one. We're going to be also taking a look at what it means to be committed to Christ in crisis, how suffering grows us, it grounds us, graces us, and grooms us, and we're going to take a look at what it means to take up your cross. So if you can, I hope you'll grab your Bible, join us in Revelation chapter 2 as we begin the series, Committed to Christ in the Crisis. Here's Pastor Ford. How many of you read that book, that classic now, The Hiding Place? Corey Ten Boom. What a tremendous and powerful story of uh, someone who was committed to Christ. You see, her family, the Ten Booms, were committed to Christ. And uh, since they were Dutch and not Jewish, uh, they could have avoided being sent to concentration camps. Uh, but because they were committed to Christ, they hid Jews. They got busted. And they were sent, scattered, the family was split up, and they were sent to concentration camps. Corrie ten Boom and her older sister Betsy were sent to Ravensbrück in Germany. And so you know how they degraded those people. They stripped them of their clothes and their humanity. They shaved their heads bald like sheep. Uh, they packed them like sardines in cold, dank, uh, lice-ridden barracks and just decimated these people. When they arrived, Betsy said to Corey, let's thank God. And Corey, even though she was a believer, got indignant. Thank God. Thank God that they stripped us of our clothing, that they shaved our head. Thank God that we, we, have, we, have, been, we have been stripped of everything that is of value to us. And we're here in a barrack laden with lice. And you want me to give God thanks? To which she said, yes. And so she thanked God, but she thanked God for everything but the lice. Her sister said to her, you didn't thank God for the lice, and I'm not going to. Fast forward the clock, about eight or nine months went by, and here's what they began to notice, that women in the other barracks were being experimented on. Some of them were being sexually abused, but not one woman in their barracks had experienced any of that. And they found out that it was because the soldiers didn't want to come into their barracks because of the lice. Corey Tim Boom in the hiding place said, I learned how to thank God for lice. Oh, we talked about it over at Bellevue. The scriptures say, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything. Now, not forth everything, but in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Isn't that a Romans 8, 28 story? And we know that all things, not most, all things, not some, all things, not almost all, but all things work together for good to those who are called according to his, those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. I'm here to tell you this morning, 
And the reason I told you to put your straw away, because this is definitely something that you got to get your teeth into, that we as Christians have been called to suffer for Jesus Christ. See, that's why we thought it so strange when, when, when Frank shared his testimony, because he was sharing a testimony about giving money to God, not getting money to God. That's why anybody feeling you. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you just say God made you a millionaire and then gave us the ABCD, we'd have took notes. You talking about giving money and this economy is messed up. You got to be crazy. And our trials and tests, come on, be honest. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Sometimes we give up on God because we feel like God has given up on us. It's like the lady who was remonstrating with her pastor, and she said, my son died, my only son. Where was God when my son died? And the pastor, without missing a beat, said, the same place he was when his son died. So Christians, as Christians, we're called to suffer. It is a part of the job description, y'all. I know you don't believe it because you've been watching too much TV. But a Christian, one pastor said, is just like a tea bag. No good until you put them in hot water. But the more, the hotter the water, the more flavor of Christ, not flavor of love, but flavor of Christ comes out. And so we're called to suffer. John 16, 33, in the world you shall, not might, not may, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Philippians 1, 29, for unto you, me, us, it is given, it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials uh, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, but the God of all grace who have called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Go on, get your shout out. Go on and praise the Lord. Look at the eternal glory, but don't stop reading there because it says after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish and strengthen and settle you. See, we, we got to understand something. Suffering grows us. Suffering grounds us. Suffering graces us. Suffering grooms us. Suffering is what makes us grow as believers. When they sent the Russian cosmonauts into space the first time, when they came back after only 213 days in space, they were so discombobulated they could not walk. And for, for 30 days they could not walk. They had problems breathing, they had problems thinking, and what they found out was the zero-degree gravity offered no resistance, so therefore they atrophied in their muscles, in their thinking, and it took, but, 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 but the second cosmonaut, who was up there 390-something days, walked out on his own power and never had a problem because they designed a suit that he could use and exercise every day and provide resistance so that he was able to have resistance in space which has zero gravity and he came out all right because he had to struggle he had to struggle he had to struggle yeah this is not a believe it receive it message today this is not a blab it grab it call it and haul it you know no 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 no, this, this is not a bag it and, and, and grab it. See, the cross is something, I mean, the cross is not something that you put on your ear or your ears. It's not bling for your neck. 
but it's a burden that you bear on your back. See, when you saw someone carrying a cross, you knew he didn't have a round-trip ticket. Yeah, he wasn't coming back. See, I know what you're thinking. See, you think the cross is your wife. You think the cross is your husband. You think the cross is your children. You think the cross is your pastor. You think the cross is your job. No, 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 no. In scripture, you know what a cross is? Only the things that you suffer for Christ's sake. That's it. That's it. Now, Smyrna was a church that knew what it meant to suffer for Jesus. They were committed to Christ through the crisis. And, and you know, a lot of times we say we are, you know. Uh, you know, it's easy to be committed when everything's going well in the marriage. You ought to know that. I submit to you, some people are faithful to their spouses because, uh, not because they're committed, but because they never get an opportunity not to be. Some have said, I love you and I promise to love you till death, and it's just love them till death do us part. Young people, it's easy to be committed in the church house, but how you doing in the schoolhouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like one sister told me, Pastor, it's hard to find a faithful man nowadays. Some men run on you faster than cheap pantyhose. And so they teach us that commitment to Christ cannot be conditioned by our conditions. So our focus must be on Christ and not on our conditions. Why? Four reasons in the text. I'll get as far as I can. Notice what it tells us in the text. Verse 8, because Christ is our authority. Verse 9, because Christ conveys our approval. Verse 10, because Christ controls our appointments. And verse 11, because Christ gives our affirmation. Let's walk through this text. Now, this letter must have been a great encouragement to these believers because they were really going through it. Jesus gave to them what they needed to hear, as he's done with each church. Exactly what they needed is exactly what they got. We call it a rhema. And so Jesus is coming to them and ministering to them in exactly what they needed. But what a great reminder that God does provide just what we need. Well, you're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled Committed to Christ in the Crisis. And we'll get back to this message in just a moment. Hey, if you're ever on the go, you're away from the radio, you can still hear Treasure Truth. You can use Moody Radio's mobile app. It's available for the iPhone, iPad, or your Android phone or tablet. The best part, it's free. So that makes Treasure Truth available on demand, along with many other Moody Radio programs and streaming music stations. To get the app, you'll find links at our website, or you can look for it at your favorite app store like iTunes, the Amazon App Store, or Google Play. Again, the easiest way just might be at our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. See, see if you jaywalk over to Sardis, here's what you'll find. You know, uh, uh, Ephesus, they lost their first love. So what did he present to them? Himself. Now this church, they're going through suffering. And we'll see what he presents to them. You, you jaywalk over to Sardis, they were a what? A dead church. And, and what did he say? He, he was life. See, they needed, they needed life. They needed resurrection. And so Jesus gives him, presents himself as the resurrection. That church at Sardis was filled with Frankensteins and Jasons and Caspers and, and Freddy Kruegers. I'll talk about it when I get there, you know, talk about, you know, church, the dead folk, Frankenstein, many parts of many people, you never know who they are. 
you know, the Casper, the friendly ghost, they always smile, but they ain't got no substance to them, you know. So we'll, we'll, we'll save it, you know. It's like it's, they're, they're Wendy the good little witches, Samantha the, the good little witch, you know. Uh, they, they good, but, the, but don't get on their bad side because witches in their nature, you know. And you got your Freddy Kruegers, Doc. Every time you got a vision, here they come, here they come in the middle with they, with they, with they knife slicing and dicing. Anyway, I, I say that for church sardis, but, but anyway, you know, it, it, uh, you know, when we talk about dead men walking, that, that's what we're going to talk about over there. But this church knew they had to pay a price to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the first thing he tells them is this, I'm your authority. In other words, if, if, if I were going to say what Jesus is doing, he's saying, listen, I am the Christ that covers your affliction. What is your affliction? So here's what he says. He says, and under the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Let's stop right there. Each title communicated what they needed to hear. And so this church knew they had to pay a price to serve the Lord. And the Lord comes to them and says, listen, I want you to know two things. I am sovereign and I am sensitive. That's what he's telling them. He's saying, in essence, I control time and eternity. I'm the first and the last. I conquered death. I'm alive. I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. Look at what he says first. He says, I'm the first and the last. Now, I don't have time to, to go back to it. I wish I did and just read it. But this is taken from Isaiah 44, 6. And Isaiah 48, 12, the first and the last, where Yahweh identifies himself as the first and the last. And so he, 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 in both of those passages, we clearly see that it is Yahweh. Now Jesus brings it into the New Testament because he wants us to understand that this phrase, first and the last, is a designation of deity. In other words, Jesus is God in the flesh. As a matter of fact, this is so powerful. I really love the way he hooked it up because the church is named Smyrna. And the name Smyrna comes from the word, it means myrrh. And myrrh is a fragrance that's used in death. So even when you go back to Matthew, one of the gifts that was brought was myrrh. Why? In anticipation, gold because he's a king, but myrrh in anticipation of the fact that he was going to die. And then, and then frankincense, high priest. So all the gifts represented who Jesus was, but he was brought myrrh at his birth because he didn't come to live, he came to die. And, and this is what got me, this is what got me, Doc, that if you go and see uh, in, in Israel or in the surrounding land what, what myrrh is, it doesn't come from a bush, it comes from a tree. And so you got to go to the tree, you got to cut the tree, y'all ain't praying with me. Then when you cut the tree, you get the resin from it, but that still doesn't yield myrrh. Because then you take the tree, the tree cut it up, and then you got to take it to a press or something that will crush it in order for the fragrance to be released. Now that's the Lord Jesus Christ, who because of his death on Calvary, his death yielded a sweet-smelling savor before God, and it became that which was the satisfaction for your sins and mine. And now he's saying, Smyrna, listen, I went through it, you're going to have to go through it. But guess what? I got up with all power in my hand. They tried to keep me down, but they couldn't keep me down because I'm the author of life. I control death. I have the keys of death, hell, and grave in my hands. Anytime God got anything in his hands, you know what he's trying to tell you? I'm in charge. I'm in charge. You ain't going anywhere until God say you're going. I don't care what disease you got. And so he says, listen, I'm the one that's sovereign. I'm sovereign. 
I have the first word and I have the last word. Because God didn't start when start got started. God started start. He is the beginner who began the beginning before the beginning began to be. I love saying that. I just love saying that. Y'all know y'all. I just love saying it. And he's saying, listen, he said, and I'm the period in the sentence of life. Oh, man. Listen, y'all. Listen, listen. We, we, we need to understand this. See, see, how are you going to know that he's Jehovah, God, my partner, uh, the God who saves uh, the God who is my Savior, unless he deals with our sin. How are you going to know that Jesus is Jehovah Jireh, God my provider, uh, unless you have more, more month than you do money? Uh -huh. How are you going to know? See, people who don't need anything generally uh, don't need or don't depend on God either. See, when the refrigerator is full and the price of gas then went back down, I like what J.M. Anthony Brown said. He said, remember when we used to have gas and it was, you know, under a dollar and we pull up in the gas station and we say, hey, what's up? We just let it run. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey. He said, he said now you pull in, everybody's like, let me, is it $20 yet? <laughs> say, now you can go back. You can go to Indiana. It's $1.51. Amen. But on and on it goes and you know all that story well. How do you know he's all of these things? And how do you know he's able to deal with it? unless we go through it. What's he saying? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thanking God for, 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 for some of the brothers who come alongside me. One is which is Terry Pitts. And Terry, Terry's been uh, uh, really helping us out. He's retired and so, so he said, yeah, I'll help y'all pastor. So he came over, he fixed my lock, I couldn't fix it. Matter of fact, Eric came over and I thought I had an electrical problem. He told me I put the light bulb in wrong. I said, oh man, that's embarrassing. My, my wife told me, I said, oh, no, nah, baby. He, he said, yeah, he wanted to know where your tools were. And I told him he don't have one, but you could borrow mine. Just kidding. But anyway, so, so the, he had to get two locks. He didn't know which one. So I had to take one back. So I go up to Home Depot. I roll in. And uh, it's like you, 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 just, you just thank God that you, when you act right and you're caught acting right. Getting caught acting right is better than getting caught acting wrong. You know. So I'm in there and, it, and she's exchanging it. And so uh, I see somebody I know who I know is married, but he's flirting. And so I'm saying, I ain't believing this. He all up in here. And he flirting with one, flirting with the other. So if you've ever been to Home Depot, the, the, where you return it, over here is where they keep the safe and all that. So somebody said, hey, Pastor Ford. And I turned, and it was a guy named Terrell. I said, hey, T, how you doing? He said, man, what you doing? He came over, he expedited everything for me. And then he said, come with me, man. I want to show you something. So he, he goes up, I'm getting my money. He keeps walking. I start walking behind the counter. And, uh, you know, some, some of them ladies at Home Depot, you know, they, 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 they uh, look like they can go a little bit. You know, they be lifting up them 50-gallon paint buckets and all that. So anyway, so I'm going through. And, and, and uh, she turns, she said, she's she a small woman, about maybe 280 pounds. And she said, hey, you can't go back here. Where are you going? And then the security guard heard, and, and the security guard started walking over. I said, oh. Then the two ladies right here, you know, the safe is back there. They kept, everybody saw, I said, I said, before I could say anything, Terrell said, hey, he's with me. And everybody just dissipated. I said, man, I'm going to work that Sunday. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? I said, man, you, do you, they was getting ready to do me in, man. I mean, it was like, you see that sister, she's flex. You know, and, and listen, listen, listen. The average brother would think about flexing on me. She ain't, I mean, because she did have a hammer in that thing, you know? But she flexed on me. She was coming, like, she was going to put me out. 
You know, God moved to me, and I said, and I said man, I said, you know what, that's just the way it is in the Christian life, man. I'm, I'm going to be talking about a church, man, who's going through some problems, and Caesar is, is trying to control them, but he can't do anything to them because Jesus is the first and the last. And so as they're traveling, and the devil and his demons trying to bum rush them, the Lord says, they're with me. And so I'm here now in the back where a customer shouldn't be, not because of who I am, not because of any power of my own, not because of any authority I I have but because I'm with you I'm with you and you're their boss and you have authority over them and you told them let me alone and they weren't gonna bum rush me until you told them but when you told them they had to let me alone that's the confidence I have as a believer can't nobody do nothing to me unless God allows it and if Jesus allows it just like he said go ahead devil you can get to him but let me tell you how far to go let me tell you how long to do it and let me tell you what you can't do to him and so I'm thanking God that even though I'm going through hell, it's not the hell that they really want to put me through because they can't do anything unless he allows it. I'm with him. Yeah, Doc, I just kind of straightened up. Yo, T, hold up. That's what Jesus is saying. Hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can't lose with the one I use. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, so he says, look, look, you've got it, but then notice. So what would I do? See, that'll make a Christian say, Lord, give me hell and a half a glass of ice water, I'll put it out. Sure it will. Sure it will, because you know that he's sovereign. God is on your side, and maybe it's time to step out in faith with the confidence that when we're in His will, you really can't fail. Here, listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr., and today's message is entitled Committed to Christ in the Crisis. You're going to find it at our website when you go to treasuretruthradio.org. Hey, do you remember back when praying in Jesus' name wasn't considered offensive? You know, it seems like those days are long gone. At graduation ceremonies, sports games, town hall meetings, just mentioning the name of Jesus is likely to at least raise some eyebrows. So how do you respond to this trend? How do you live out your faith in an authentic way when the culture wants you to keep quiet about Jesus? Well, that's the topic of an engaging digital book from Joe Stoll, the former president of the Moody Bible Institute. The book is called The Trouble with Jesus, and when you give a gift of any amount and support our ministry, we're going to say thanks with a digital download of the book. As you read, you're going to discover what it really means to love Jesus, to take a stand for Him in a hostile world. So contact us today and give your financial gift and request The Trouble with Jesus. We'll send a link to the digital download in your email. Just call us at 1-888-644-7660 or go online to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, as we approach the end of another year, your generous gift today means more than ever. So contact us now with the year-end gift and receive the trouble with Jesus. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or go to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producers are Amy Rios, Mark Bretta, and Nathan McMillan. Pastor Ford continues this message called Committed to Christ in the Crisis Tomorrow. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.